0: Greetings to all our friends and family around the globe. We're so happy to have you with us today. I take it as a true joy and opportunity to fellowship with you. We promise to be a ray of hope as we journey together with Christ. I pray this word will sharpen you and help you as you walk in Christ-like maturity let us pray our gracious and loving father god as we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise we thank you for the gift of life and for the air we breathe we praise you for all that you are to us as you impart your word let it open our eyes so we can see clearly let it open our ears so we can hear your truth in a world that is so noisy let us be in tune to you allow your words to touch each and every heart today thy word is a lamp unto our feet And a light onto our path. Let our actions be transformed to reflect your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. The message for today is a heavy one, but it's a message for this season. Today, we will be unpacking the life of Job and how he persevered. And overcome his trials. Our message is entitled, God Will Restore You. God Will Restore You. Have you been feeling oppressed and depressed by Satan's interference in your life? Have you been putting in the hard work? but seen little to no result? Have you been praying for a breakthrough for several days, months, or even years? Has it seemed like every time you prayed, things just got worse? Have you been pushed into the deep with no help around you? Are you at your wit's end? Have you had it? Are you wondering if God has forgotten you? Are you wondering why it appears your prayers are going unanswered? Are you frustrated? Are you heavy burdened? If this is where you are today, I am here to tell you I've been there too. These past several weeks have become like the movie Groundhog Day, where you wake up and everything's the exact same and you can't do anything to change it. These past weeks have been the most difficult in my 12 years in the medical field. Caring for patients throughout this pandemic has been challenging. To say the least. Seeing first-handed the effects of the pandemic on many individuals and families has been heart-wrenching. Just when we thought the pandemic was nearly over, the Delta variant is here to stop us in our optimistic tracks. Although some businesses have reopened, and a new way of life is fast emerging, the pandemic is not over. For over a year, we have all, on some level, been fearing for our well-being and that of our loved ones. Those of us who are not comfortable with taking the risk of traveling haven't seen our families or friends for over a year. Sure, we can all take solace in the fact that we are all alive and well, but nothing can take away from the fatigue we have all been feeling. Many are struggling to cope with the pandemic in due stress. So many have lost their loved ones to COVID-19. Too many have lost their jobs families have been torn apart due to emotional and financial strains many have lost the businesses they have worked hard on establishing many are behind on their bills as i ponder all these things it weighs on my heart it was then my husband reminded me that solomon recounts that to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven this is found in ecclesiastics chapter 3 verse 1. bad days will not last forever there is a season for everything as we open the book of job to reflect on the life of a man that has been through trials and tribulations. I want you to put yourself in his shoes and examine your life in this process. Let us read the entire chapter 1 together. And it reads thus, There was a man in the land of Oz, Whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven hundred sheep, rather, seven thousand sheep, and three thousand camels. And five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat. And to drink with them and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all for job said it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hadst thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, that Jove, fair God for naught, hadst not thou made an hedge around him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hadst blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job, and said, The oxen were ploughing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them, and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, There came also another, and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away yea and slain the servant with the edge of the sword and i only am escaped to tell thee while he was yet speaking there came also another and said Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return titter. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22. In All this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Here ended the portion of the reading of God's holy word. Here in the beginning of the book, we are introduced to a very beautiful picture of a highly respected and greatly honored man, a sincere moral, devoted, selfless, godly man who spends his time in deeds of good and help many people, obviously intent upon doing what God wants. Therefore, we would call him a deserving man, infinitely deserving of God's blessing because he was so faithful in serving and following God suddenly we are taken behind the scenes of this world and shown what goes on when a believer is being tried or tempted now we are all tried and tempted we are all presented with alluring invitations to get involved with deadly and destructive things or we are pressed to lose our tempers or lose our faith and act in a different way than the word of god says we should we always see those temptations as coming to us from a combination of adverse circumstances or perverse people Or both. We see that our trouble is that things are not working out the way we planned. If God would only straighten out these things and make them work according to our expectations, everything would be fine. Or if he would just get rid of some of these troublesome people around us. But here in the book of Job, we see that is not the whole story. What is really happening is that we have suddenly become the point in God's line of scrimmage, if I may use a football analogy, through which the devil and his angels have decided to try to run the ball. All the pressure of that well-trained powerful team of evil is directed at us and we discover that we are the focus of his attack that is what went on with Job and that is what goes on in our life as well we find we are no longer sitting safely on the bench watching the game and enjoying it. Suddenly, we find ourselves thrust right out in the middle of it. And the most important thing is that we forget that is what is happening. We see it only in terms of what is visible to us. In reading the book of Job, we must never forget what we are introduced to in the first chapter. In facing the problems of our own lives, we must never forget that this book reveals what is happening to us in the midst of the troubles and temptations and pressures that we are being subjected to. Job's life unraveled. Job's suffering did not come because he was bad, but rather because of his unwavering faithfulness to God. In less than a single day, Job lost everything. Job was broken yet steadfast, but Satan was not ready to concede. In chapter 2, Satan said of God, Open your hand and let me strike his body. No one can deal with that kind of pain. He will surely curse you to your face. Very well, God repeated. His body is yours, but you may not kill him. Just then, painful sores broke out over Job's entire body from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He was covered with horrible wounds. His wife had seen enough. Are you still holding on to your God? What's the use? She mocked. Curse him and die. But Job refused. His solemn reply was, But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speak it. What, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Later, we found three of Job's friends appeared. For one week, they sat quietly with their suffering friend. Not a single word was spoken. At first, their kindness opened Job's heart. Then it opened his mouth. He began the slow and downward spiral of asking, Why? Why? He asked one friend, shaking his head in disbelief. Why? He asked another, clinging to his hands. Why? He screamed at the sky. He cursed the day of his birth and expressed his longing to die. Then Job and his three friends entered into a dialogue that lasted for many days. The conversation was deeply philosophical, tedious, and depressing. The words of Job's friends were neither comforting nor helpful. How long will you torment me and crush me with your words? Job lamented. Then God spoke to Job in Job chapter 38 to 42. The Almighty began, Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Job had never heard anything like this. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? The sovereign God asked. Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know. God's soliloquy continued Uninterrupted. He exposed the greatness of his creation and the mystery and power of his being. Job was stunned by God's words and overwhelmed by God's very presence amid his pain. Job finally said, My ears. Had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. In the final chapter, Job 42, Job made a burnt offering for his friends and prayed for them as God commanded him to do. God accepted Job's prayer for them. And then Job's fortunes were restored when he prayed for his friends. Isn't this an interesting connection? Job forgave his friends before he knew how blessed he was about to become. It was Job's prayer that released blessings. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Job 42 verse 12. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. If we compare chapter 1 to chapter 42, we see that God gave Job a double portion of possessions for his sorrows. God rewarded Job for his faithfulness. Job was vindicated and restored fully. As we come to a close, I want to highlight a few points that stood out for me in this story. One of the greatest statements of faith in all of Scripture is found right in the middle of Job chapter 13. Job says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. No one and nothing can steal your joy or your peace when your hope is in God. Let us never lose our hope in God. Job proclaims where his deep strength flows from. And he said, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, And my eyes shall behold, and not another, my heart faints within me. One day we will see with our own eyes our Redeemer. He's alive today and forevermore. And because He lives, we can face tomorrow with victory. Even in the midst of God's silence, His presence is with us. Job wrestled and wrestled with God's silence in the midst of his suffering. Over 25 times, he asked the question, why? And he continually asked for the opportunity to defend his case before God. Job had entered the fiery furnace of suffering. Job wrote in Job 23, 10-12, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. Wisdom comes from fearing God and turning away from evil. Humility is key. Pride can interfere with us following the wise ways of the Lord. And when pride interferes, it clouds our vision. And before we know it, we are on the wrong path towards evil. Job explains In Job 28, verse 28, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. God is with us in the midst of our storms. The Lord is our good shepherd, and he never leaves our side. He walks with us through the valleys. He restores our soul when we are weary. He leads us to the path of righteousness when we have lost our way. He gives us courage when we are scared, and He comforts us when we are hurting. Our God is the God of the storm. Finally, God is in control. God is the creator of the universe. He's mighty and powerful. We can trust Him with our lives. We see in Job chapter 1 that nothing come into the life of Job which did not first go through the hands of his loving God. Every page of scripture points to a sovereign God. From the creation account in Genesis to the return of Christ in Revelation, our God is in complete control. You may be going through your tests and trial right now, or you may know someone who is experiencing a troubled season. You may be questioning, how could a loving God allow a man who have been so upright, so faithful to suffer? Was his life merely a cosmic game of of tug-of-war? The account of this God-fearing and righteous man facing the lust of everything precious to him is one of the most powerful reminders of God's sovereignty in all of Scripture. Of course, suffering may be a consequence of our disobedience, even God's punishment for it. Our Father has the right to do this. But God may allow suffering in order to draw His presence into sharp relief, shading out what we thought was so important and giving us a greater appreciation for His perfect love and grace. It was David who said in Psalm. 119 verse 143. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. David again expressed in Proverbs 11 verse 28. Whoever whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Our brother Paul, in his letter to strengthen and encourage the church in Thessalonica, speaks to us today. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. If you are feeling stressed and frustrated and wounded by this world, I want you to take a step back and take a look at all of God's creation. Get outside under the big sky and remind yourself who your God is. Then get into his word and learn more about God's love for you. Trust that if he can create and sustain the entire universe, surely He will take care of you yes surely he will take care of you Jesus said in Philippians 4 verse 6 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving present your request to God remember heavenly father feeds the sparrows and clothes the lilies surely he will take care of us in the midst of our trials in conclusion whatever you're going through today allow this to be a time of reflection and growth to spiritual maturity and intimacy With God. It's natural to sometimes feel as if there is no end to your situation. But remember that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He promises to finish what he has started in you. Jesus calls you today. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy-laden and i will give you rest don't forget many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivereth him out of them all let us be found faithful like brother job i invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray our heavenly father We thank you for the life and example of Job. We praise you for his faithfulness in the face of suffering and pain. We willingly submit to your direction in our life. We ask that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may love you, honor, and adore you. Trust in you in every season in our life. We thank you for restoring us in your own timing. In your precious name, we say thanks. Amen. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turns his face towards you and give you peace. Shalom.